Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It is 4-2. The Penguins leading the Rangers with about four and a half minutes left in the second period. Penguins trying to go up 3-1 in that series. Five and a half minutes left in the second period in Washington. Capitals and Panthers 1-1. The Panthers are out shooting the Caps 29, but the President's Trophy winners getting all they can handle from the Caps. Two games start at 7-30. The Flames and the Stars are going to go at it. Uh, Dallas is up 2-1 in that series, and the Avalanche and the Predators are going to play in Nashville. Of course, the Avs lead that series three games to nothing. Tomorrow, Oilers and Kings at Rogers Place. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. Game at 8 right here on 6.30. Jed Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. Uh, the Kings won games 1 and 4. The Oilers won games 2 and 3. And uh, three of the four games have been pretty lopsided, which has been one of the stories here in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. A lot of games, a lot of the series are close, but not a lot of the games have been close. But we've still only had two overtime games a week into the playoffs. That's kind of unusual. Um, though we'll see what happens here the rest of the way. Uh, Gord Stellick is going to hop on in about an hour. He covers the Leafs for Sportsnet 590 in Toronto. They're in a pretty good battle there against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I want to dive into some of my thoughts, not so much on officiating, but how the NHL, I think, could improve the perception of the officiating. I'll do that uh, later on in the show. But right now, I want to welcome courtesy Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. He joins us every week on the show. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Reed. I've uh, I've taken the night off, so uh, I've worked seven consecutive nights, and I'm uh, I'm getting a whole lot better and wiser in my age. So, as you know, I'm 61 years old, and uh, I've decided that I'm going to start to take the odd day off instead of just pushing through all the time, and uh, and I'm trying to do it guilt free. I think a lot of your uh, listeners can appreciate that but you know we all sort of get stuck in our own sort of ways and then we feel that it's our obligation to just power through all the time and i've i'm trying to change my mind that uh, you know what i i deserve a day off and i'm gonna enjoy it well good for you thanks for still coming on inside sports i remember i i doubt he was the first to say it but i remember specifically john tortorella saying it uh, several years ago about finishing playoff series as quickly as you can and saying that rest is a weapon. There you go. As we get older, though, I don't know if it's actually a weapon. It's maybe like a <laughs> kind of a dull pencil. I don't know, but it still helps. <laughs> rest is a dull pencil. That's going to be my quote. It's, it's good for you for doing that. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, I know a lot of your listeners can appreciate it because we all uh, sort of get stuck in our routines and we don't, uh, you know, maybe take care of ourselves when we should. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, 
I got to admit, Kelly, I, I was surprised about something. Uh, and I know sometimes, you know, we, we banter with each other. We'll give each sure. other a hard time. And this is kind of a stat that I guess isn't great, but I'm not bringing it up to, to sure. kind of bug you or anything. I was literally surprised because yep. I thought Jonathan Quick got a shutout. And you played in the playoffs, uh, 85 games, in fact. Like, I always yeah. think once a guy gets to 80 or more playoff games, that's a lot because that's a season's worth of playoff games. Yeah. And I was yeah. shocked because you were a really good goalie who played in some really good games. You did not have a playoff shutout. I couldn't believe I, I literally couldn't believe it, man. When you said that about Jonathan Quick, and uh, I, I know when that jumped out to me yesterday as well, his 10th uh, playoff shutout. And uh, I always wonder why, like, I had plenty of one goal games but i could never get a shutout you know i was never a shutout king anyways like i think i you and i've had this conversation i can't remember i i had between 15 and 20 i can't recall which you know isn't a ton when you consider i played almost 700 nhl games now having said that i did play in an era where shutouts weren't uh, very easy to come by in particular when i played in la uh, it didn't matter what year, uh, there weren't a lot of shutouts coming my way. But uh, clearly, um, you know, I, I think back when I was with the Islanders, and I had a lot of one-goal games then, I believe, but I was never able to get that one prize, and I wish I would have. Yeah, I, I just thought it was, uh, I figured, you know, and in 93, you guys went all the way to the final. I was, I was yeah. kind of surprised that there wasn't, but you're right, the era was, the era was a little different. I mean, you might have a yeah. game where you... Uh, well, like you said, you had games where you won eight five, and you felt like, oh, I totally out goaltended the other guy, right? Or oh, so, yeah. And I, I probably had uh, three or four breakaways by Pavel Bure every single game I played. Bank. <laughs> so it's not like it's not like I went into a game going, man, this this one looks pretty good for a shutout. <laughs> like if I can keep them under seven, I've done a great job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the Kings kept the Oilers uh, well under seven, which they, they they weren't able to do the night before. Man, oh, man, the, the back and forth of the playoffs, all those series that got to game four last night are tied 2-2, but we'll, we'll obviously focus on uh, the Oilers here. Uh, I'm not surprised the series is tied 2-2. I guess I may be a little surprised at how it got there, and I'm curious what you thought because that didn't uh, – Credit to the Kings, of course, but I also felt like I wasn't overly familiar with the Oilers team I saw on the ice last night. I'm with you. Uh, I thought the Oilers uh, fell flat. Uh, I didn't see a lot of guys that had great nights, um, not pointing fingers at anybody because I think it's a, it was a group thing for them. Uh, although I thought Mike Smith played rather well. Uh, he had a lot of shots. I will say this. I, I thought like he had a lot of volume of shots. I'm not sure he had you know, 15 high quality chances against them. But nonetheless, that's how a Todd McClellan coach team operates, right? They like to get lots of pucks to the net and crash the net and look for deflections along the way. So, but uh, LA is a team, and I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, uh, they don't give you much. And and I know, Reed, you watch them quite a bit down the stretch as well. Uh, and they, they came into Edmonton and Calgary and went on to Winnipeg. Uh, after that trip and uh, they had you know some people I, I will have to say some guys you had in the lineup that I hadn't really heard much of because of injuries and uh, they had a banged up defense and yet they play hard they don't give you much at all and even though Jonathan Quick had a shutout yesterday up until I think 
In the second period, I could only think of one good chance until the wraparound by Darnell Nurse and then the Yamamoto chance were, and Kane chance were uh, quick and lost his catching glove. Uh, and then a couple more in the third, but not a lot of high danger chances. So that's what I expect again tomorrow. It's going to be a battle. Okay, so you mentioned the volume of the shots. And we, we know the stats throughout the regular season. Kings outshot teams. I mean, I think they had a stretch of 21 in a row. They outshot teams. Yeah. And what's really struck me, and I know teams want to shoot, but they've had, they have times they're like they're not even looking at the net. They just win a puck battle along the boards inside the blue line and just yep. sweep it down towards the goal. I mean, it's almost like they're not worried about the quality of the shot at all. Just get it down there. And they're hoping for a, maybe a regular uh, redirection or a, or tip and or something off the back of a leg or back of a skate or, you know, anything. They, they don't even care. They just try and get bodies to the net. And it, it's a pretty good strategy. In our second intermission last night, we talked about that. And it wasn't just based on the the Kings and the Oilers. It was uh, We showed a whole bunch of goals that were just simple deflections where uh, a guy gets it back to the points and you don't barely ever see any big slapper anymore and in fact Kevin Dexa has a hockey academy in Southern California and he said that they do at least one drill every day and it lasts about 10 minutes where you get the puck back to the point the defenseman's not allowed to take a slap shot he just sort of walks the line and then a wrister towards the net and they have people in front and they try and redirect and he said that's just a strategy now it's you know it's uh, I would say this is sort of crept into our game about four or five years ago, Reed, where, where I really started to notice that it, it, I don't care if you have got a big slap shot anymore. Nobody uses it. It's just a wrist shot, a wrist shot to the front and a redirect. And that's, and it's really hard for a goaltender, especially if it's in the high slot, the redirect. Well, and, and you make an interesting point and something that Rob has talked about when he's talked about deflections that he, he has said, you know, because I, I guess I remember when I was when I was younger and I didn't play a high level of hockey, but it's like, okay, you want the point shot along the ice so it's easier to tip. But Rob yeah. says if you're in the NHL, if it's wristed in a foot or two off the ice, then when you tip it, the goalie doesn't know if it's going up or down. That's right. I agree with that. That's a really good strategy. And by the way, I've never seen the players uh, more adept at the, uh, the the redirects in front and and so incredibly accurate. Like, it's not just, a, uh, okay, I've got my stick on it, and then who knows where it's going. They have an idea what's happening. I think go back to the, uh, what is it, triple overtime, uh, Pittsburgh and Rangers, that deflection by Malkin. Uh, it, it, it couldn't have been better, right? It, it Right where the post and the crossbar meet, and uh, it goes in. So it is a, uh, a skill that is, um, I think, underappreciated, but it's a huge part of our game now. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. So quick without the catching glove. Did you ever make a save or saves missing any equipment? Uh, I'm going to hesitate because I do recall the odd time where my glove may have come off, but most like, likely my blocker. Um, but I don't think I've seen anything quite as spectacular as quick last night. And by the way, I don't know if you watched it, but after the whistle had blown, when he's putting his uh, catching glove back on, if you notice how tightly he's cinching it up, 
Like, I don't know how it came off in the first place. Like, it's not just hanging there. It's not like it's loosely hanging from his glove or from his hand when he, he's playing. It, it was tightly cinched on there. I don't know. I don't know if the Velcro that he uses to cinch it somehow maybe got tangled uh, into the net, uh, the webbing on the net, and somehow it uh, came off that way. Those are one of the strangest things. But two incredible saves right off Yamamoto, got him on the shoulder, then the crossbar, and then Evander Kane with a great shot, and he made a blocker save. Special. I could almost argue that given the change in golting in the equipment from your era to what guys wear now, that you were basically missing equipment from your for your entire career. <laughs> oh, totally, right? Like my pads, how tiny they were. And if I had a redo, you can bet that I'd go with uh, the bigger giant pads that they wear now and the, the en enormous uh, chest and uh, uh, arm protection that they have. Yeah, yeah. Take a few more inches away for guys to aim at. Okay, uh, before I let you go, good observations on the Oilers, the Calgary Flames. Uh, we we've seen quite a few, a lot of goals in a lot of series. Uh, not Calgary and Dallas. Big one for the Flames tonight. Uh, should Flames fans, and we know it's going to be tough, but is this tougher than you thought it would be? Should there be concern for Flames Nation? What are you thinking? I'm not concerned, uh, uh, and I'm not surprised that it's this tough. Uh, I kind of expected Rick Bonus to do a great job with that team. They sort of limped into the playoffs, but they, as you you watch the series, I mean, that is tough hockey. I mean, that is uh, that's play along the boards. Not much. They're not giving them much, and uh, I kind of do think because that's a style that the the Flames have played the entire season that they'll find a way to uh, sneak out a victory tonight in Dallas. Okay. Well, Kelly, we really appreciate your time. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh, whenever we check in next week, we will have plenty more to discuss. Playoffs are always <laughs> full of storylines, man. Hope you have a great evening. Thanks, Reed. Take care, my friend. All right. That is Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports tonight. As always, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian Store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. I can tell you that the second period has wrapped up in Pittsburgh and the Penguins are rolling. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A 6-2 lead on the New York Rangers. Back after a couple of messages for more Inside Sports. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Game four tomorrow, Oilers and Kings. Once again, an eight o'clock start. Our coverage will start at six with the face-off show. Same times for Thursday. There will be a watch party at Rogers Place on Thursday and tickets uh, for that go on sale at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So fun times, tense times, embrace the tension. That's what I say. 
better than not being in the playoffs at all. We had several years of that here in oil country. So hopefully the Oilers can figure this out against the Kings. Big game later tonight, uh, obviously between the Flames and the Stars. And uh, Dallas with a 2-1 series lead in that one. The Oilers obviously have to execute better. I think they got to take care of details better, play with a little more energy, a little more desperation in their game. I thought the Kings were the far more desperate team last night. I'm really curious to see what happens at the morning skate tomorrow and, and if Jay Woodcroft will shuffle up the lines a little bit. He did it in-game uh, at, at times yesterday, and we, we've had games in which obviously the Oilers have gone with 11 forwards and 7D, so the lines tend to get jumbled around quite a bit in those games. No, no, Derek Ryan didn't play yesterday. He was a late scratch, being a little bit banged up. Derek Broussard played, so I'm not sure the status for Ryan for that game tomorrow. But I, I wonder if we might see a change here to the top six. And, you know, I know Yessi Pugliarvi scored in this series. I also know he's a very inconsistent player. And, yes, there are other players who are not scoring, and maybe you wish you got a little more juice from, but they're generally not playing in the top six. I mean, I, I suppose Warren Fogle would come to mind. Has someone like that been really noticeable in this series? Probably not. But... You know, Fogel's kind of become a third, well, become a fourth line player on this team, really. I, I would personally reunite McDavid, Kane, and Yamamoto. They were together when Pugliarvi was injured, and they did really well. Now, McDavid and Kane have done really well, kind of regardless of who they're playing with, but, but I think that's an opportunity there. And that's a really strong line. Now, Yamamoto also plays well with Dreisaitl. Jay Woodcroft gave a really good quote late in the regular season. He said that Kyler Yamamoto is a popular request as a line mate because he does a lot of the dirty work by forechecking, keeping pucks alive, going in there, taking on bigger guys, all those kinds of things. But I, I mean, I wonder if the top six is better off, at least for tomorrow's game, if you put McDavid between Kane and Yamamoto and then had Dreisaitl. And personally, for me, it would be McLeod that would go up because of his speed. And he's had some good games in the top six earlier in the season as well. Hyman is versatile enough. He moves to the right side. Could you have Dreisaitl centering McLeod and Hyman? And then the bottom six, I suppose, depends on health. Um you know, Nugent Hopkins could could play with Pugliarvi, perhaps, or Archibald on the left side. Um, you could bring Shore in. Uh, you could have, you know, maybe Ryan playing fourth-line center, perhaps, Fogel and Cassian on the wings. Um, just some ideas there. I, I don't think they would take Pugliarvi out of the lineup. I know a couple of callers asked about that after last night's game. I, I think that might be a little extreme because you never know. He might have a game where he's really going. But... I, I've, you know, I, I wouldn't mind him seeing on a line, uh, 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 seeing him on a line with Nugent Hopkins. Now, I, I know the other option could be is is bumping Nugent into the top six, so maybe you had Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins, Drysaitl, and Hyman, and then McLeod maybe centers Pulleyarvi and Archibald, or Pulleyarvi and Ryan, or Fogel, or whoever you want to look at it. But I, I think it's more valuable unless you're, you're really shortening the bench or, or going for it in the third period. I think it's more valuable to have those three different guys at centers, McDavid, all playing center, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins. I, I wonder if that might be a shakeup tomorrow because it, it was a tough game all around for Edmonton yesterday, 
Uh, I don't want to blame it on Puliarvi. I'm not doing that, but I, I think he's the most inconsistent of the Oiler in of the players in the Oilers' top seven, if you want to refer to it that way. And I think Kane, McDavid, and Yamamoto is is a really really good line. And again, because of McLeod's speed, I, I would put him up there with Drysaddle. That's that's the tweak I, that I wonder might be coming tomorrow. Um, you know, Jay Woodcroft has said in the past, he views Yessi as a top six player and wants to play him in the top six. So I guess we'll find out uh, at the morning skate and obviously about the uh, health of Derek Ryan as well, who couldn't play in yesterday's game. All right. Uh, of course, we are happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. If you want to chime in on anything, we will take a deeper look at that Leaf series and the mood in Toronto and what this first round means uh, for their core players who like, you know, the Oilers core players have not been able to advance past the first round. And uh, I want to dive into some uh, thoughts on officiating and how the NHL could maybe boost the perception of its officials. So that's coming up next on Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.